Hello and welcome to the TV podcast. I'm David J. Lohr and I'm here with Jessica Epstein to talk about the first episode of TNT's The Alienist based on the novel by Caleb Carr. Uh, thanks for joining me, Jess. It's my pleasure. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what drew you to the show in the first place? I really enjoyed the book uh, when it came out, I guess, almost 20 years ago. It, yeah, it's 23. Not a, it's not a new book, which is interesting <laughs> that it's taken this long. Well, and it's really bring it to some kind of screen because it was a smash. It was a smash hit. Um, right. Right. Well, and they've was reading it. They've tried to turn it into a film pretty much from day one. And it's just such a dense, dense yeah. novel. Yeah. And and it's I don't I don't know that it could have been done for TV until now because of the subject matter too. That's true. That's true. And I, I do like period TV pieces. You know, I do like kind of this gothic um you know, nineteenth century or I guess this is early twentieth. What what ye- oh no, late it's, a, it's 1896. Yeah, 1896. Yeah. So um you know, that's kind of my genre. I really enjoy it. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun ride. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It certainly looks great. It's uh, a beautiful looking uh, uh, show. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> very layered. I think I read that some of the people who did Mad Men are also doing props on this or mm-hmm. some kind of design. Mm-hmm. And that, that level of detail of everything on the desk every little book on the shelf you know um you know his office is just amazing right a chrysler's office is really impressive but and it's very dark i mean yes just visually yeah visually dark um which is just it's just very um very interesting it's very interesting look yeah and and there was that one article in sever magazine about the the food stylist and the food (laughs) designing to make sure that they got like, you know, everything that they had at Delmonico's would look exactly right. If the water right. glasses were filled too high, they'd go, nope, 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 change that. And, uh, which is, yeah. that's kind of an impressive level of detail. Uh, the question is whether the show itself lives up to the design. Well, let's find out. Let's we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. Um, so this first episode is called The Boy on the Bridge, at least according to the TNT app. And it starts out basically the way the book does mm-hmm. uh, although the book is set in a flashback right um, but this just starts out in 1896 and a young uh, murder victim has been discovered on the williamsburg bridge which is still under construction uh it is a body that has been mutilated mm. it is it is uh, as they describe it a boy whore dressed as a young girl mm-hmm. and um it's it's a crime scene that's horrifying everyone who sees it, but it's right. also a, a crime scene that the police aren't interested in investigating because right. who cares? Just another, you know, another street urchin, another degenerate. Right. Um, they really have no interest at all. And um, what's interesting that I kind of, you know, um, miss is the crazy ride that Moore takes down to the bridge. You know, they're right. flashing through the neighborhoods and they're going through the tenements and it's this, you know, Mr. Toad's wild ride, you know, through through downtown uh, Manhattan. Right. And, well, and it's it's a great, 
uh, in the book. It's that great view from, you know, where Moore is living, our, our, basically our narrator in the book, John Schuyler Moore, uh, who goes from maybe not the richest part of town, but a fairly well-off part of town. Mm-hmm. And, and it just sort of takes him through and farther down and farther down into the worst parts of Manhattan. Yeah. And it's a great yeah. illustration of, of that difference in class. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, is, okay, they're doing it on a TV budget. They're saving time. Uh, but still, yeah, they, they could have done a little more with that. I, I thought the dripping blood down and hitting the face is a bit of a cliche. You know? <laughs> well, I... Even just yeah. in one episode, I think we've discovered they really like cliche, these, yeah. these uh, producers. Yeah. And now uh, what was your... T- oh, so let's do the synopsis. Let's, let's do the synopsis, so. yeah. Okay. Um, so, so we're introduced to John Schuyler Moore, who is uh, roused, from, uh, roused from his evening's entertainment. In the book, it is, well, trying to sleep. In this, he's at a brothel of mm-hmm. some sort. And uh, he is dragged to this crime scene and, is, and has to talk his way into it. He's told he has to talk his way into it um, by uh, someone sent by his friend, Dr. Laszlo Chrysler, who is the alienist of the title. Um, and when he gets there, he does manage to talk his way up. And, and Theodore Roosevelt, the commissioner of the New York Police Department, is there. And now this is another one of those moments where it, sh- it changes from the book in that in the book Roosevelt expects him mm-hmm. because Dr. Chrysler has already been and left. Right. And in the book Moore is a crime reporter for the New York Times. In this version apparently he's an illustrator for yeah, the New York Times which is problematic for me. Yeah it's kind of an odd shift. I mean I get it they're doing something visual but I don't know that they needed that but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll go back to that. And uh, but when he gets there, Roosevelt is antagonistic. It's like, what are you doing here? Right. Which is a very odd choice. Again, uh, this this version of Roosevelt doesn't really feel like the real thing. Um, it's odd. Uh, but anyway, uh, basically, Moore gets pulled into this uh, sort of outside investigation that Chrysler wants to do mm-hmm. uh, whether Roosevelt wants them to or not. Right. Whereas in the book, it's, you know, Roosevelt says, yes, go and do this and here. Yeah. I, in, the book, in the book, um, he is wanting and he doesn't trust his own cops. Right. He doesn't trust the investigation. He does seem to care about the young boy. Right. Um, whereas in this one, he doesn't seem to have, you know, the same kind of heart. And and I just felt like the when when you meet Teddy Roosevelt on the bridge, <laughs> right? There needs to be some kind of impact there, you know. Right. I mean, he's a force this, of nature, barely contained by his skin. He's a force of nature. He's chomping the way he's he speaks a certain way, um, kind of quick, cutting words. Um, and, and I feel like this, this actor is not quite capturing Roosevelt's, uh, energy, but right. So, and and some of that is going to be the writing. I mean, he's, he's a very passive Roosevelt and he's also, he's fitting that, that stereo, again, the cliche of of the stereotypical, uh, dumb cop doing things by the book and he's Mm going to butt heads with our hero. (laughs) 
Right. You know, I mean, they really lean into the Holmes and Watson and Inspector Lestrade kind of thing. Right. It's like, oh, you're the dumb cop and we're going to save you. Right. Is, you know. Which is not exactly. In fact, he he's in the book, not to dwell too much on it because I do want to talk about, about the show, but he's really the mastermind of setting up the alternative investigation. Right. And, and allowing them to get the information and have more resources and set up a separate, you know, area. And it's, it's kind of odd. I mean, when you're adapting something that is so dense and long, you don't need to add complications to it. It has plenty already. Yeah. You know, it's very odd. So we meet Chrysler. Mm-hmm. He is, I have to say, a very uh, well-drawn character in, in this episode. Yes. You know, he's very, um, very magnetic. You can see how... Um, how brilliant he is, you know, how, how insightful, how this captures his imagination and how he remembers another murder that happened of two children. Um, the Zweig children, is it the Zweig yeah, children? Yeah, Two children who were murdered, one uh, which was wearing girls' clothes. Both of their eyes were plucked out. Um and all of a sudden, here comes another murder, and that reminds him of this. And he starts wanting to do his own, you know, investigation. And they go and visit Roosevelt, and he well, and and it's it's the eyes being plucked out that's the mm-hmm. the detail that the cops assume in this case. Birds. Oh, it was just birds. Birds did it. Animals did it. Right. But Chrysler's like, wait, no, there's more to that. I remember this. And in the meantime, they've arrested somebody named Wolf who they, you know, pin the murder on um, because he has stabbed somebody else in a bloodlust. But in the book, he killed another child, and that's the connection. Right. It wasn't clear who he killed in this one. Yeah, it was... It's a little murky there. uh, You know, again, they were it looked like they were going for the the style over the substance because it was a a dynamic-looking scene. Yeah. And, you know, very well shot and well lit. And there's, you know, much more uh, activity. But yeah. I, I find it hard to remember anything in that scene. So, no, Chrysler goes to visit him, in, you know, in um, Bellevue. Right. And it's it's a little bit of a snake pit. You know, there's the screaming. Hmm. There's the water treatments. There's, you know, mayhem. Um, uh, and... Um, he goes to visit this guy who's suffering from syphilis and banging his head against the wall. And he realizes, no, this is not the murderer of Giorgio. Right. Um, Giorgio is the name of the, of the young boy on the bridge. And this is, he, he is a murderer. Um, just not this one, (laughs) just not this guy, you know, and, um, you know, um, that he's definitely going to face the electric chair for the crimes that he committed. But meanwhile, he was just an easy, you know, round up the usual suspects is what the cops did. Right. You know, round up the usual suspects. Um, And there's some allusion to the fact that he killed his lover or he killed someone he was jealous of. Yeah. I I think they were, they were trying to further connect that to the, the boy on the bridge in the girl's clothes Right. Uh, whereas in the book, it's simply that it was a child, and that's yeah, reason that's, enough. Yeah, that he went crazy and he killed this girl. Yeah, and so they said, "Oh, he was a child killer," which made right. more sense. Right. 
Right. You know, we got a uh, child killer here. So they go they go to that. Uh, meanwhile, let's talk about um, Sarah Howard. Yes, because we're about to meet her. They they go to police headquarters and a very interesting scene that slows things down. And it's sort of showing you again a, a real cross section of the kind of people that are going to be in the police department. I loved I think my favorite scene is Chrysler and Moore walking into the station. Right. Right. There's um, a lot going on in that. And a lot of the looks of the old police chief, you know, looking at them, everything slows down the eyes of the coppers. Yeah. Um, the kind of look that it had is going into a nest of, of, of villainy in a way. Right. Right. Uh, a lot of foreshadowing there. Um, but just the way that they're able to move through um the glances, the looks, the the darkness that's kind of around them. Right. I right. think that was my favorite scene. Yeah, it was very effective. It was very effective. Um, so they, they wind up at Roosevelt's office, and there we meet, uh, I guess, Roosevelt's secretary, Sarah Howard, who, uh, it turns out, John Schuyler Moore knows mm -hmm. because they're both, both part of that slightly higher society. And... She's she's very, very specifically saying, no, you are going to call me Miss Howard here because this is my job. Right. And he's still he doesn't quite get that. And that eventually eventually he does call her that. But it takes him a while. Yes, she's very firm. She's typing away with vigor. She has the most amazing um, mutton shoulders that mm. dress that she wore was just fantastic <laughs> i think they went up you know halfway up her head <laughs> easily uh, yeah just i mean the costuming is is really really beautiful yeah well um, I, and i told you as as many listeners may know i grew up in a doll museum in the mm -hmm. museum we had this whole set of actual uh goatees fashion books from the 1890s right and and the, again, they've done a beautiful job with her, and and she just facially looks like one yes. of those one of those illustrations. It's she does, gorgeous. she does. She's very. Um, she has kind of a blankness about her face. Yes, she doesn't look like a girl from twenty eighteen. Yeah, she has kind of a a definite nineteenth century you know look. Um, now she sometimes she, sounds like a girl from twenty eighteen. Yeah, she's but... a little. We we will let that slide. I mean, yeah. again, that's oh, yeah. that's the writing. She's very brisk, obviously very proud of getting her position, and we're going to learn more about her. And she becomes quite critical. Yes. Um, so I think it was a good introduction to her. Yes, and and very clearly, you know, when when she discovers that this is Chrysler, and her immediate tone just shifts she's oh like, she oh. sticks her she sticks her hand all the way out right. i don't think he takes her hand but she extends her hand she kind of grabs him right um right. she's very drawn to him obviously he's you know quite famous very well known he has his institute helping children um and, and, and she's read his work she likes his she work respects him greatly yeah more it's not clear if she really likes him or not but she kind of <laughs> tolerates him i think a lot of people tolerate him um, he's, he's kind of got that manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, so of course, uh, no, you can't go in and see Mr. Roosevelt. No, no, no. You, you don't have an appointment. And of course they go right in mm -hmm. and, um, in the book, you know, and, and they point out that they all went to 
college Harvard. together. Yeah, They're they all, all friends, you know, and in the book, that fact is cover for the reason why they would be visiting. Whereas exactly. in this, it's the excuse to say, no, 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 we can barge right in. It's fine. Right, right. Um, which again, it's it's just so odd. It's odd to have such an under uh, under enthusiastic Roosevelt that it doesn't yes. feel right. I think that was the weakest part of the episode was Roosevelt. Yeah, and I mean, the actor he may be just fine. needs to. He, that's an this. act. You could actually choose some scenery. I'm not saying go over the top, right? But you right. should have a bristle about you. Right. You uh, need a, you need to be able a, to take command vigor. of the room. Vigor. Yeah, that's you know, a good word. Yeah. Um and some liveliness. This was a you you see a glimpse of it when the um the underground uh, the 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 crooked bosses uh, that run right. Paresis Hall. Paresis Hall is the whorehouse uh for the young children. I guess there's boys and girls and boys that dress up as girls. Right. And um, a little bit of everything. It's it's really quite tragic. Yeah. Um, it's shocking how this was accepted in, in society. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you see a little bit of his steel and metal uh, about closing that. Yes. That's, that's the first little glimpse that you get that he is not going to brook any nonsense with that. Um, you know, but meanwhile, they have to get their hands on the files. Right. You know, right. The files of the of the swives and they want to Chrysler wants to go back. Look at all the information of those murders and see what he can tie to the new murder. And, and, and even at this point, Moore is, is still confused why he's even there. So am I. Yes. Right. You know, <laughs> because, I mean, if he's an illustrator. Okay. What do you need him, what do you right. need him for? Right. We, we learn at one point that the reason he said, oh, go, go up to the bridge was because he wasn't allowed up there. But he sends an illustrator to draw everything he saw. But of course, he draws an artistic representation instead of an exact rep representation, and so he's he's useless even for that. Whereas if he's but a see, crime reporter, he's yes, going to get detail. Got, if he's a crime reporter, he has access to the underworld. He has access to cops, detectives. Right. He knows right. cases, walks the streets. It, this this illustrator trope <laughs> makes absolutely <laughs> no sense on the face of it. I mean. I'll give them a chance. Right, right. Um, you know, but they're already making some huge diversions from yeah. the book that and don't make any sense. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like, I mean, it is dumbing down for TV, right? I, I don't, think, well, I don't I, know about that. With it, I think they want to show him discovering the underside of New York instead mm. of being aware of it. But... I don't know that we need that. I don't know that that's all that interesting. Uh, you know, the same thing with having the dumb cop instead of Teddy Roosevelt. Right. Um, they're just sort of like these little things that are just stock TV things that the book avoids so nicely. And and why can't we have something that isn't the same old stuff, right? Right. So, I mean, we'll so see. So he ends we'll up see. getting the files and the files are quite empty. Right. The files have no details. <laughs> so he ends up, so Kreitzler ends up um, exhuming the bodies. Yes. And another little thing that bothered me is that I think they're sitting in some kind of 
sitting room or some kind of office. The body's in little caskets, but he had a whole basement um, that was set up kind of for morgue type, you know, investigations. Right. And we eventually see a morgue or lab. So why wouldn't they already be there? Right. You know, this that that's totally a, a style over substance thing. It's like, oh, we want coffins they, and coffins we want a dark the, room with books. Yeah, and, with books and lights, gas lamps. Yeah. Um and you know, what's interesting is that then the mother comes in. That's how the episode ends. So we also get the fact that Sarah Howard is going to sneak them documents, is going to be their person on the inside. Right. The illustration didn't work for Chrysler, but when Moore gives it to her, that's what shocks her and says, okay, I need to help you. Mm-hmm. So, eh, okay. you know, we'll give it a pass for now. We'll see what happens with that. <laughs> um, and the scene with the mother was really quite good. Yes. Because up till then, we've seen Chrysler helping a child who, you know, wet his bed and helping, you know, this whole Institute of Children and being so, you know, well-known and marching into Bellevue, you know. Um, And now all of a sudden he's faced with obviously, you know, a grieving mother who lost two children in a horrible way. Um, And the boy had also dressed up like his sister. And the differentiation is that Chrysler says that was his nature. This boy was dressed up, you know, as a prostitute. Right. But your son, you know, that was his nature and he died in a horrible way, but it wasn't because, uh, you know, some outside effect made him dress up or something like that. Right. Right. And and the interesting thing with her is that she says, my two children are dead because of you. Yes. And we don't know why yet. So there's somebody that's perhaps watching his treatment of children perhaps perhaps Um, that obviously these children came into his care in some way that we don't is not clear yet and at the very least the similarities are what's haunting him i mean clearly those deaths haunt him yeah and he wants to make sure that it's not connected and so we'll find out if they are or not let's talk about eyeball soup oh god no So right before one of the commercial breaks, they show, you know, disembodied hands, cutting up little kidneys, feeding them to a cat, Mm -hmm. and then taking an eyeball and dropping it into boiling water. And it was just too much for me. (laughs) Over the top, eyeball Uh... soup. We don't need to know about the killer eating eyeballs. Um, It's just... You know, a little, I, I felt it was over the top. You know, obviously yeah. a killer is out there collecting parts. Do we need to see an eyeball drop into boiling water? I mean, are we that dumb? <laughs> I mean, we could have we could have seen an eyeball doing anything else. Uh, a can-can, I don't yeah. care. <laughs> Do we need to see it in soup? No, 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 no. Yeah. We just, we just was... need to know that they weren't taken by animals. That's so, all we need to know. You know. So now there's some kind of, you know, Maleficent, um, kind of Hannibal Lecter type, right, out there, um, right. and maybe they're they're drawing on that. Another favorite scene. So that was probably my least favorite little clip. <laughs> Just bang me over the head with an eyeball. <laughs> you know. 
Um, and of course, he has a cat because he's super evil, you know. Yes, well. All the evil people have little cats that they pet. <sighs> so many tropes. But my <laughs> other favorite scene was Sarah Howard taking off the corset and showing yes. the imprints into the skin. Um, and, and how painful it was to be forced into these shapes uh, for women. I think we're going to really, probably more than the book does, kind of delve into um, treatment of women. Oh, yes. Um, you know, physically being constrained. They showed a little harassment at work. Kind well, of a, when, when she's taking the corset off, she, she's making the point of, you yeah, know. Yeah, they think we're uh, weak. They think we're weak and they seem to worship us, but they make us wear this kind of thing. And this yeah. is not comfortable. Oh, it's painful. Yeah. I mean, women would pass out and break, uh, break ribs. Right. Sitting into these things. But then they show a scene of her just sitting in her library of some sort, smoking a cigarette. Yep. And that was a very penny dreadful Vanessa Ives scene because <laughs> Vanessa used to do that. Just okay. sitting with that smoking a cigarette. And I think that was also effective because there's a lot of talking in this episode. Yes. Yes. And it was nice to have just a character existing. Mm-hmm. Well, and as, as she's thinking... And she looks down and she's got that illustration and then she mm -hmm. slides the, the illustration aside and we see, oh, there's a file. She's going to help them. But she right. hasn't decided yet, right? She's still thinking. And that's, you know, for all the talking in this, I mean, that's the first rule is show, don't tell. Exactly. I love to see a character think. That's what it was. It's, I, I enjoyed that. And yeah. also, you know, um, Kreitzler at the end, you know, faced with his failures right right and and, uh, and just sort of letting that wash over him yeah and we don't know what they are but we know that they're there it'll be very interesting to give it you know another episode and see what they do with some of these problematic um threads that to me are a little problematic roosevelt being the most problematic right um more being the second problematic kind of character probably the weakest of the three main characters oh easily yeah and i mean he's, he's it's okay it's a thankless role really he has to be the dumb watson and the dumb male chauvinist uh against sarah being you know enlightened yeah. woman and chrysler being a genius so yes eh. Chrys let's talk about chrysler's accent ah yeah well apparently that is his real accent which makes me happy <laughs> It's it's fantastic. It's just what you think it should be in the book. It's just it's a this faint, you know, European Hungarian kind of yeah, a hard yeah. to place, um, but it's very elegant and it's it's very sexy. I didn't notice, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sexy kind of accent. He's a very attractive man. Yes. Um very um you know has a great presence um which comes across very well i think he was a, if anything can carry the series it's chrysler yes well and he's a great contrast to everything else in the series because uh because of his accent because of his uh slightly more quiet mm -hmm. manner right mm -hmm. everyone everyone is emoting like crazy in this episode mm -hmm. and he is too but 
it's he's he's doing something different from everyone else and i like that a little more interior yes going on yes so i think it was a, a good start has some issues but you know it's refreshing to see something different on television something period something based on a very interesting novel a great novel um something that you know is not your average run-of-the-mill uh you know tv show i i i have hopes for it oh yeah i i have some hopes and i'm i'm impressed looking at it on a cable tv budget i mean i know yeah. cable cable TNT. shows are getting better but especially tnt and um you know, one of the things I worried about when they first announced it was, oh, it's going to all be CGI because you're mm -hmm. not going to be able to afford 1800s New York. Uh, apparently, most most all of it is realistic, uh, just shot in Budapest, which Perfect. looks like 1890s New York, I guess. Yeah. Uh, some things. I mean, there is a certain amount of CGI. There's the Williamsburg Bridge. There's the Statue sure. of Liberty. But uh, it's it's not obtrusive at all it's very nicely done no nope. so we'll we'll look forward to seeing it next week yeah we'll we'll keep going we'll keep reading along in the book and you know, we don't we don't want to harp on the differences but it's good to point them out and say okay and try to figure out why, why where are they, they go this? yeah where are they going right um and and how is it going to resolve itself because um i think they have a, a pretty strong opening yeah yeah and and there's just enough at the very end with with a little taunt for Chrysler uh, to say, okay, now the killer has sent a message. Now I have to keep going, mm -hmm. and the episode ends. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, we'll we'll see where it goes. But, you know, there are ten episodes. I think we can. Uh, we'll probably do all ten. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Look forward to it. Yeah. Thank you for joining me. My pleasure. And we will see you all again next week. Follow this wherever it goes.